I am honoured to be creating on the ancestral lands of the Darug people. I acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the lands you and I are on today. And I pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome back to Yarning with Danny. I am your host, Danny, and we are up to season two, episode three. And today's episode is all around the workplace. Uh, So I hope that this will serve you wherever you're at. Um, I'm hearing a lot about where people are in their workplaces at the moment, and I'm getting the messaging that this is something people need some guidance with uh, and I thought the way in which that I could add my flavor I guess would be to discuss my own experiences um, and then to give you some understanding and guidance on how to manage those so we're just going to get right into it let's be real I want to discuss my own experience so I've had a few. Um, one of them is a big standout, I guess, as you would, I would call myself a victim in that position. Um, and then I'll go into uh, some other scenarios where maybe I was a bit more of an observer um, and then I was able to take some action in a different way. So when I was 19, I began a job, a big job as far as I was concerned in the city um, it paid well. It was a great opportunity. It was a stable job. It gave me opportunity to grow and learn and meet new people as I was connected with many other people in this position um, at the same stage as me because we were all beginning as trainees. I made some incredible relationships there who are still my friends today. But that was sort of the beginning of a really shitty time to be quite honest with you. I stayed in this job for seven years and in between that I had two children. So, um, you know, I probably worked only like really five years because I had two children in between. Um, So I would say like in the job, on the job, sorry, I was there for five solid years. And in those years I had I had a boss that just was not the nicest person. Um, But I'm going to help you understand why I didn't see this at first. I didn't see it for quite a long time. Um, I was one, young, so I wasn't able to identify it. Two, I was people pleasing. Three, I... My, my nervous system was activated, which caused me to lose my language. Um, I was dysregulated. Um, yeah, many things, power plays, lots of reasons. Um, and so I'm going to get into it. It's, it's, it's pretty, you know what? I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm not going to mention names. But it's pretty serious to me um, and I'm sure for others who experience anything like this will understand how serious it is. I think it's more common than we wish to express, but it's 
it's just part of workplace culture and it's toxic. And the earlier that we know about this, the more that we are aware of this, the more that we know, the better we can be and the quicker we can stop it. And the better it will be for generations to come. Because toxic workplaces, let's be real, are rampant. Um, this chronic culture of um, rush, 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 constant need to get things done, this push culture that creates this urgency that's just not necessary. Um, it's just, it's gotta be stopped, right? And the only way to stop it is for us, those those individuals, those employees in those positions, those managers in those positions, to notice those behaviors and change them because we're doing no one any favors. And unless it starts to take a different approach, then we're gonna end up leaving these legacies for our children and their children. So. I sure as hell won't be allowing my kids to be going through this and I'll be ensuring that I educate them so they can stand up and stand up for others. But at the same time, I would really encourage you to consider what this might mean for you and whether this is something that can be changed. So I started this job uh, when I was 19 years old. I'm now 33. I worked there for approximately seven years. In the first year was really confusing because it was a great opportunity. I, you know, met a bunch of amazing women. Um, we all sort of were doing the same thing at the same time, all in different workplaces, but it was just, it was a shared experience. So it was pretty amazing on that level. Uh, but it was confusing because I was experiencing things in my own job and I know others were as well, um, where it made us feel like things weren't right. Um, or we were observing others experiencing things like this and we didn't know how to deal with it. And also being 19, you know, and the rest, I think the, all of us were between the ages of 18 and 20 who are we to say anything? We were new to this job. We didn't want to lose our jobs. We wanted to end the 12 month traineeship with a permanent position. So the aim of the game was to just roll with it um, and just enjoy the ride. So any wrongdoing or any toxicity that we seen or were experiencing was essentially lulled and shushed. So my own experience was that my immediate manager and my team were looking at ways all the time to exclude me. I was micromanaged, including things like my manager would stand behind me for long periods of time and say nothing whilst I sat at my desk uh, doing my work, sort of like a very passive aggressive intimidation. Um, my needs were dismissed when I was unwell or that of my children when my son was unwell and I was because I was a young mom I was only 22 when I had him uh, both our needs were dismissed because I didn't know what I was talking about as far as she was concerned um, I was excluded from meetings and events and from conversations that occurred like I wasn't important and I literally was told like oh we didn't we didn't believe you needed to be there even though I was part of the team. But at the same time, I was expected to do duties that were associated with that meeting. 
Um, I was given unreasonable work demands outside of my role. Um, I was denied high duties pay rates when I carried out the roles more than once, so many times on for, for many durations, all different durations, long and short. Um, but they all went in with in the structure of time that was uh, applicable to high duties pay rate. Um, I was denied roles when I had applied for them. I was gaslit, told that my experience wasn't how I was viewing it or how I was experiencing it. Um, constantly, all these things were like constant. These are not just like one-time things. Like these were around the clock all the time. I remember going into work and I, this was before I had children. So this was still early on in my role. I had um, a, a toothache, which I can't even remember for the life of me what it was, um, but it was an infection essentially in my tooth. And so I woke up and my, my entire left side of my face was swollen and not knowing because I'd been gaslit so many times about my illnesses, I didn't know whether I'd be entitled to that leave. So I called my boss to let her know, hey, like I am, I have a swollen face, like my tooth is aching, I'm struggling, um, you know, basically I was crying and um, she advised that I go in, that it's best that I go into work that day. And so sure, I went in, I had to take a couple of painkillers to get in the, onto the train in the very least, I was in so much pain. I went into my work and my colleagues who were in another team um, who sat on the same level were shocked, utterly shocked that I'd walked in the door looking like that with my face so swollen and in that much pain. Um, they had advised me to go home and I had told them no that, uh, you know, my boss had advised me otherwise and no, it's fine. Please just don't make this a fuss. I just want to get this day over with. I really don't want to, don't want to be worrying about this right now. I just need to, need to put my head down. And so I could barely even do a, a page of work or anything because I was in so much pain. Um, and because of my refusal to leave via my, my, um, not my team, but my, the teams that were also on my level, my own boss didn't even tell me to go home. She was quite happy for me to be there until one of the other team members called our CEO, uh, our general manager to let her know what was going on. And so she herself came up to our level and asked me to leave, literally told me to leave because of the situation that I was dealing with in that much pain. And so you can imagine this is very confusing. I'm, I'm waking up. I'm not well. I, I let my boss know via phone. She tells me that it's not that bad. Come in. We need you, whatever. Then I go into work. Um, I met with reactions of, wow, that's really bad. And that's what I, and in my mind I was thinking, well, that's what I thought in the morning, but now I, now I'm confused. I don't think that it's that bad because now I've been gaslit to a point where I believe it. And then I, have a general manager a multiple managers until the general manager comes up and then my my boss herself walks out when the general manager tells me go home you cannot be here looking like this and you cannot be in this much pain my own boss when addressed about it in the room in front of everybody had the hide to be like oh i didn't know it was that bad like innocently had no idea that i was standing there with a swollen face so i was confused 
The first couple of years was confusing because I just had zero idea what I was experiencing. And I had not experienced this as like, I don't remember experiencing that anyway before this. So this was my first real experience. And, you know, this was in my in a job that I thought was going to be my job for a long time. You know, I, I knew that this position was um, not particularly this position, but this um, organization that I was working in was great. You know, um, it was stable. It paid well. It gave me opportunities like it was all the things a young person uh, deserves at that age when they're first entering the workforce. Um, and it was a wonderful opportunity. It allowed me to create a, sister, a stable home environment um you know it afforded me to do things that i wanted to do it was it was it was good right so anybody you know on the outside looking in would have thought that that's an amazing opportunity i i don't know if any of my friends were working in a such a stable job at that rate either just at that stage everybody was sort of still traveling and, and studying and all of that so it looked really good on the outside but i'm telling you on the inside it was so awful you know, I'm, that's one experience. Um, the, I, there was another experience where I had the flu and I took, uh, I don't know how many days off, a couple of days off. And when I'd come back to work, I had been asked to come in for a meeting, a sit down formal meeting with my manager where she addressed all the leave that I had taken one by one and then had told me to my face and because she asked for my responses to all of them, even though I'd already given them, I wouldn't have taken them without it. Um, and she, she responded to those by saying, well, I guess we all have a different pain threshold. That's gaslighting. If you're experiencing it, that is gaslighting. So, and I was too young to even know, I knew that it was not right, but I didn't know how to speak up for it. And I remember feeling so small, like so, so small. Um, mind you, she always did these things with a smile. So it was very confusing. I was so confused by what was going on. And, you know, this is just one, two experiences. Like I said, I'd be dismissed from, oh, sorry, not included in, uh, team meetings because I apparently wasn't important enough, um, which made zero sense because I was an integral part of that team. Um, you know, denied higher duties. I went for a job, internal job, um, did the whole application, was successful, went through the meeting process. And then another person had interjected in that process and requested that I do not get handed that job. Uh, that information was given to me discreetly. Uh, hindsight tells me I don't understand why that person didn't report that because that's atrocious. That person was also in a management position. So many things like this would occur on, on a regular basis. I came back from maternity leave and found that my job was moved and I was never consulted, um, moved to completely different teams. I was asked to go to different um, departments uh, all the time without consultation. Um, all of these things would happen to me. I'd be given work, you know, right before end time and expected to finish them. I was asked to do very, very basic tasks that these people could do themselves. Like I was handed a teacup and asked to put it in the sink because they couldn't walk there themselves. I was asked to print and pick up printing when that was not my job. There was just so many things that occurred that 
now that I'm 33 years old, that there is no way that I would put up with that. But at the time, so I want to also just talk about like what I experienced in my body, because this is super important to notice for yourself, right? So sure, these incidents happen, but you're probably thinking like, why didn't you say anything? And then if you didn't say anything, that's on you. Sure, absolutely, it's on me. But let's talk about why I didn't say anything. When your nervous system is activated, we all have different responses. And at the time, for me, mine was is that I lost my speech. And this is a real way um, that our nervous system responds to threat. We can lose our language. So essentially, you know, our voice box doesn't work. And like, I remember internally, I was going through this experience where I just felt frozen and I didn't know what to do. Um, I had no language. I wasn't able to speak. And the only reason that I even um, was able to even get out of this scenario was because of an observer, a bystander, somebody who worked within another team on the same level spoke up for me. That person interjected into the cycle that she could see was continuously turning around and she stopped it she pulled me aside and she informed me that i was being bullied i had never seen it that way for the entirety that i was working there until this person had pulled me aside and she had said danny you are being bullied and we need to do something about it you need to report it i need you to do these things and she told me what to do she told me that i needed to write these things down document them write the date, write the time, write the, the location where I was and just continue to document. Document for a period of time and so that we could collect enough evidence and data that could ensure that when I brought this to higher management that it would be taken seriously. And so there was lots of little strategies that she in, informed me to do and then she was also a union, union representative so she told me that she would back me up and she would be my support person which to be quite honest with you was what I needed. It was like a breath of fresh air, like, oh my God, somebody cares enough about this situation more than obviously I could even do about it. I didn't even know I could do anything about it. But let me just tell you, if you are that person, if you are an observer, your role is so powerful because the person like myself who had lost her language, who was frozen in her body, couldn't do it for herself. But that observer could see it. She had the power. She wasn't activated. If she was activated, she was activated in her action. Her body was giving her the, the message to move, to do something about it. And mine was the complete opposite. I had returned to freeze state. I was frozen. I was disactivated. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. Not to my knowledge at the time, not to my yet. Um, what I had experienced so I and I didn't have the support system no one in my workplace except for her backed me up no one there were people that would talk to me about it in the sense that I would I would vent to them and they would go yeah that's yeah it's no good but say and do nothing and it's not to say that it's their job but Let's talk about how serious and how powerful it can be if you are an observer and you can do something about it, if you can speak up and do something about it. That is what people need to be doing, especially if you're seeing it. You are part of the problem if you are doing nothing about it. And so 
I was in a frozen state. I struggled to speak. Um, there were many times that I would sit at my desk and cry because I had no idea what to do with myself. I was so overwhelmed. I just felt so sad. Um, I would go to the toilets and I would cry. I would process for myself. Um, I would take leave in the end. So all the leave that she was questioning, I ended up taking more and more because I would wake up and I'd be so depressed that I wouldn't want to go to work. And I would lay in bed all day because I was so sad. My body was going through depression because I had depressed and suppressed my emotions for so long in that job. And that manifested as depression. And sure, like I had experienced depression prior to that, but this was activating my depression and it was activating my depression because it was activating my nervous system response. And when someone's in power like that, where they're, well, actually they've got zero power. The thing is, is that your, your body is activated because they're in their unhealthy power. And then I'm placed in the duality of that, which is the unhealthy victim. And there's always a duality. So if you come to somebody intimidating them, they're going to drop to the other end of the spectrum. And that's why we have all of these dynamics in relationships. And so I feel strong enough to talk about this now at 33 years old. I've processed it. In fact, only about six months ago, I realized that I hadn't even processed it yet. So I went through the process myself and healed that. Um, I had actually completely just suppressed it like it never happened. I'd got on with my life. Um, this is another reason why I'd left my job. It's actually one of the biggest reasons I left my job and I started my own business. Besides the fact that I just needed flexibility, there was no flexibility in a, in a very flexible job, mind you, um, due to my management. Um, now I want to just, so that's, look, that I could talk about that for a long time, but I, I don't think it's necessary to continue to talk about my experience because I think you understand. But I want to talk to you then about what I did about it. So like I said, this observer, she interjected, she told me, she'd educated me, she supported me, she got me through it. And so I'd written up a report I handed this report to the general manager for her to action. And when you hand a report to a general manager, high management, they have to do something about it. It is in their power of control and their duty of care to act upon that report. And so then there was a meeting organized, a mediation. And so then the mediation took place. And then when I got into that meeting and I was still in this state where I was still struggling to speak about it because it was still so hard because I was still experiencing it, mind you, that when I, um, and I hadn't healed it. So that was another big part of it. So that, that emotion and all of that, all of this trauma was still stored in my body. And so in this meeting, I remember when we addressed point by point with things that were happening, I remember one of the first points, I just broke down and cried and I left that meeting because I couldn't cope. Even with the support person, even with the general manager sitting there, just my manager being in the room was so triggering that I just couldn't be in there. It was so difficult to talk about. It was like admitting that somebody had power over me because they actually did. 
It was so awful. But anyway, the mediation took place without me. It didn't need me in that room. I just chose to be in there because I wanted to be strong enough to deal with it, but I really wasn't. So it took place regardless. Um, and I think actually, if I remember correctly, the thing that actually triggered me was when when this mediation took place, the general manager even was gaslighting me by saying, I know she didn't mean this maliciously. What else would you call it? That's malicious. That's cause. She's purposely cre- treating someone with a certain way so they feel a certain way. That is malicious. There's intent there. Gaslit, again, by higher management, by the highest person in this organization. So that triggered me. I remember that's when the point when I was like, oh my God, I just can't cope. Like, and it's, I wasn't even aware that that was what was occurring. I didn't look at it as gaslit. I just felt overwhelmed. I was like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. Left the room. Meeting took place regardless. They came to outcome decisions. I got treated kind of nicely for a little while after that. But then the same behavior took place again and I, I was given opportunity to be moved to another team. And so I took that opportunity in a heartbeat. And so for the duration, the remainder of my position there, I was just basically moved around positions and then I fell pregnant with my daughter. Um, amazingly, thank God. And that's when I went on maternity leave. And then I went on maternity leave fell, uh, and started a business and then began Nomadic Bell. I did go back for a duration after maternity leave um, at a part-time capacity. But that's when I started to experience a lot of anxiety. And so I left because I, you know, I didn't even want to go to my job anymore. So all these things obviously just led to the fact that I shouldn't have been working there. And I'm glad I left. I'll never, ever work with a company or an organization like that ever again. Um, I'm hyper aware of what people can experience and I'm hyper aware of my own body. So I can identify these things now. And so last, no, in 2020, so two years ago, I was working in another position. So I hadn't worked for anybody else for a solid six years. I had worked for myself for six solid years. Uh, And then the pandemic occurred and I needed to ensure that I had stable income to one, ensure that the business would stay alive and two, that I was um, ensuring that I could keep my family in a stable position financially. And that was my goal. I didn't want to fall under basically. So I knew I could uh, take action. So I jumped on the nearest and closest position that I could get. Very quickly got a position uh, when the pandemic hit and started working for a, a big chain company. And so then I started that position at a part-time capacity in the evenings to support my situation and my family um, and the flexibility of obviously having children in the evenings. Uh, their dad would be home, so I was able to work. So pretty quickly, I started to notice, um, and I mean quickly by like probably a few weeks, maybe a month maximum, I had noticed that this workplace was very toxic. Um, and it was very clear to me that behaviors were occurring that were toxic, not, um, in line with company compliance. 
it was so clear to me and it was probably clear to me for two reasons. One, my age, I had experienced enough by this stage to know. Two, um, I had experienced my own bullying and I was able to see and identify toxic work culture pretty quickly because it was very much in the forefront of my mind. Um, but now at this age and especially overcoming the scenario that I also went through myself, um, you know, the years before, instead of being activated into silence, I was activated into action. And so in this experience, I was actually an observer. I wasn't a victim. Uh, I created a friendship with a girl who was and is still now uh, a phenomenal friend of mine. And initially I didn't want to make any friends in that job. I just wanted to get this, I just wanted to go to work, go home because this was only a temporary solution for me at the time. And I was just going to get through this, this particular time in the pandemic. And I was going to get back on with my business and I was just going to get on with it. Um, I never intended to be there long-term or permanently. So I didn't want to make friends cause I didn't want to let anybody down. Cause I just wanted to be able to just say, Hey, I don't want to, I, I can't work here anymore. And I'm off. Here is my resignation. So I guess in a way I was trying to be detached uh, but this girl was very persistent in creating a friendship. So I couldn't deny how kind she was to me and I couldn't deny how well we got along. I couldn't deny how at home I felt when I was in her presence. It was really quite nice. Um, <laughs> so she ended up being a good friend of mine at the time, uh, during this workplace environment that I was working in and, and then I started to notice things around me not that were happening to multiple different staff members, um, things that were not right. Uh, and like I said, my nervous system was activated into action this time. Um, it was in, activated into the flight mode, uh, sorry, fight mode rather than fawn mode and freeze. So the moment I started to observe it, I was like, this is not correct. And I tried to inform uh, those who I had noticed it in and I let them know that, hey, that's, you know, that's not acceptable behavior. You don't need to put up with this. You can do this, this, this and about it. Uh, and a lot of the time that overwhelmed people, I could see that that was uh, too much. Um, and so I sort of pulled it back a little bit. I was more informative about it and supportive rather than being like, hey, you need to do these things. Because sometimes that can activate people as well and it doesn't really help them. So supporting them is a really great way that you can help if you're an observer. Um, being a listening ear, being there when you see the action or those things happening that you know are not correct and not right. Um, just being physically there can help. Um, and just having enough conversations with people that they feel safe enough to tell you if things are going on. Uh, so, but then things just escalated, things were getting really intense and I couldn't look away at this rate. I just was just so uncomfortable that I just couldn't stand by it anymore. So I let those, let that person know. And, and a few people know that if, if they didn't want to say anything that I was happy to do it and I'm, I'm prepared to do it pretty well instantly. Um, and that's what occurred. Uh, I don't remember the finest details, uh, but I do remember making a report um, 
then there was a number of people who made reports. So there was quite a few of us in the end, um, which is phenomenal when you look at it, because sometimes it's really hard to rally people together. Uh, I believe um, Union got involved, that I remember. Um, but it just made it much easier because the management was changed due to someone going on some leave, which was the perfect opportunity to report it with new management because with new fresh eyes, much like when I went in with new fresh eyes, I could see it like it was clear as day. So I knew that this new management coming in for this temporary position would be able to, to be able to see it and there'd be justifiable um, evidence to be able to produce an, an outcome to this scenario. So every the, the people involved reported it, um, those that were comfortable enough to do so more than one report was made and an investigation went down and it was hard to watch the as an observer to see these victims go through but at the same time it was a very powerful experience for them and i um that so much so that multiple management staff were sacked they had lost their jobs because it was very clear that this was against all policies and there was evidence to support it so i don't know where that workplace is at now i don't work there i care not to care um but this is just an, an example of being an observer rather than a victim so i've been both the victim and the observer and i both i know both of those situations are traumatic uh for people so these are some examples that i hope that you can see and identify if you're experiencing them what you can do about them be very clear about evidence, take notes, make sure that you're dating times, writing them somewhere, writing them in your notes, writing them on paper, uh, getting footage if you need to, being very clear about what's occurred. Um, and then when you're, and getting a support person, that's a really incredible way. If you have a union, um, you know, just informing those people and reporting the right people who you know will support that process um, and ensuring that you have a support person is a really really incredible way to make sure that action is taken <sighs> okay now <laughs> this was a lot these are two pretty intense situations but at the end of the day if i've experienced it i know a lot of people who will be experiencing these things or have experienced these things and it's just really important that you're informed and that you have the right information to back you because you don't have to put up with shit. You don't have to put up with any of it. You know, if you're getting given demands that are beyond your role, if you're asking to do roles that are beyond your pay packet, if you are being micromanaged, if you are being dismissed, if you are being excluded, you know, if you are being denied opportunities, if you are being even sexually harassed you know all of these things are enough evidence to have someone reported against and for action to be taken against them and for you to be supported in that process it is absolutely a duty of care of your management if they are not acting in their duty of care report it higher than that and continue going up that ladder and collecting all the evidence along the way Keep everything in notes. If you are reporting these things, email them. 
if you are having conversations with management about it rather than having it in person, write it in an email. Letter trials are very powerful. Uh, they would prefer that you talk to them in person because this is how they lull it, but don't fall into that trap. Um, being aware of your body and how it's being activated is really important as well. Where do you feel that in your body? All these things are really important. Please talk to somebody about it. That's really important too. But just know that you have the power. And if you feel powerless, engage with somebody to help you. <sighs> okay, that's a lot. It's a lot in, a, in an episode. <laughs> I really appreciate your patience. Um, I hope this served you today in some way. If it doesn't, if it doesn't align for you, if it doesn't really, if you don't really need this, but you know someone who does, please share it. I think it's a very important message that we get across to people that they have the capacity to fight back. Everybody has a capacity to fight back. You do not need to put up with anything because you get paid a wage. And don't be so afraid about losing your wage because it is their duty of care. It is a law that they protect you. Don't allow the gaslighting to continue if that's occurring. And seriously, consider sharing this with anybody you think that may need this right now. It's very, very, very rampant, this toxic work culture, especially after we've gone through a pandemic where people have worked from home and now the demands are getting intense. And people are burnt out, they're tired, they're exhausted, they're trying to process. It is very rampant right now. It is so clear to me that people need to be looking at their work environments and ensuring that they're in a healthy work environment by not engaging in it. We are not exasperating it. We are not continuing the cycles. So with that said, I'm going to leave you with that. If you do want to talk about this, please don't be afraid to DM me. I am always available for this yarn. If you need a support person, if you need help, please reach out to me. And for now, I hope you have a good day. If you are triggered by this content, please talk to somebody or reach out to me. <laughs>